0: Welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo, and I have with me iDoc member, Dr. Scott Moscow. And Scott is clinical director at Roswell Eye Clinic, where he focuses on fitting specialty contact lenses and treating eye disease. How you been, Scott?
1: Great. How's it going, Steve?
0: It's going great. It's great to see you again. The um, You know, we, we formally met in Costa Rica of all places. And I believe it was over dinner one night that you and I discussed a very specific, but also a very common problem regarding contact lenses. And I thought you had some interesting ideas about how to confront the issue. And the issue being there are times when an OD feels it's in uh, the best interest of a patient to modify their contact lenses. Now, this will often involve some kind of a change, and that might be changing the brand, changing the modality, and that can sometimes be a challenge when the patient is not experiencing any problems with their habitual contacts, and it can get even more interesting when the lenses that you're prescribing could potentially cost the patient more money than their current ones, and there's always some risk there, I think, of having the patient respond with, why do I have to pay more for contacts when I wasn't having any problems with the uh, the ones I have before, so I think different doctors will handle this differently. Some might take a more um, heavy-handed approach, thinking, or you know, thinking, I, "Well, I'm the doctor, so I'm going to prescribe what I think is best for the patient." And then you might have other doctors that uh, present it as an option, but they're a little bit more flexible in giving the patient some decision-making power. So there's not always a right way or a wrong way in these scenarios, but. Uh, after after our discussion, I just wanted to get your perspective, and I thought I thought it'd be good to kind of talk this through in a more of an interview format. So, if if we lead off with this, let me uh, get your thoughts on this. What typically guides your decision to propose a change to a, a patient's contact lenses?
1: So first, you need to start with the prescription because if there's a prescription change, obviously you want to make the prescription change. I don't think anyone's going to argue with not making a prescription change. And in this day and age, there's many manufacturers that are shrinking down which parameters that they provide. Other manufacturers are increasing the parameters. So I think you absolutely have to start with the prescription. After you start with the prescription, then I'm gonna start thinking about modality. And for us, we're 80 plus percent daily disposables. We're trying to keep everybody in daily disposables. We know that a daily disposable patient coming into our practice is gonna come in roughly every 13 months, where a glasses only patient is going to come in every 30 months. So we definitely um, want patients in contact lenses, specifically daily disposables. And once you know that a parameter uh, is available and available in say a daily disposable, then we start thinking about manufacturers and all manufacturers have lenses that work out there. If there was a manufacturer that didn't have a lens that, that didn't work, um, then they wouldn't be a manufacturer of contact lenses anymore. So then you start making some of those decisions, obviously best for the patient, but also you could start making those decisions that are also best for the practice. When you decide which manufacturers you're going to partner with.
0: So there's always that balance between what's best, and you just said it there, uh, what's best for the patient and what's best for the practice. And ideally, I think it's best if we can hit both those points. The patient's point of view, the consumer's point of view is usually going to be focused on them. Right? And we're all just that way. As consumers, we're we're looking at it from the standpoint of what's in it for me, correct? So um, let's talk about then that case that the patient doesn't necessarily see the need for a change. So how how do you present a case for change? when the patient's not having any subjective complaints?
1: So if you're not presenting something new to the patient, I would argue, what is that patient paying you a contact lens evaluation fee for? You know, I applaud the American Optometric Association and everything they do to allow us to charge a contact lens evaluation fee every single year. But in my opinion, you always need to present something to the patient that in some way, shape or form is gonna make that patient's life better. So first off, the patient has no complaints. I think you definitely need to start off by digging a little bit deeper. Uh, Patients oftentimes don't want to tell you that they have complaints going on because they're normalizing their symptoms or they're afraid that you're going to take them out of contact lenses if they do complain about something. But let's say in a scenario for, uh, for, for this purpose that the patient has zero complaints whatsoever. What I will say is there's three properties that make a contact lens successful vision, comfort, and health. And this lens, let's say it's got a higher water content. And my patients are telling me that it's a more comfortable lens. This is a more comfortable lens because it's got a higher water content or there's better optics in this lens. So patients are telling me that they're seeing better out of this lens, or there's a higher DK over T. So patients tell me, or not patients will tell me it's up to the doctor on what's healthiest, but this is going to be a more healthy lens for you. So I will address all of those concerns based on what lenses are coming from versus what they're going to. In many cases, they're going to be moving to a lens that I prescribe that is going to be more clear, more comfortable, and more healthy. So patients oftentimes have no qualms about trying this lens out. The other thing is get the lens on the eye before you start talking about price or anything else. Obviously, if you're moving from say a two week lens or a monthly lens into a daily disposable, you do wanna let the patient know it is gonna be more expensive. If they ask specifically how much more expensive, I say, you know what? My technicians are gonna go over that with you here in just a moment, but get the lens on the eye psychologically, patients don't want to lose anything. So if you get a more comfortable or more clear lens on the eye and then you say, oh, it's going to be more expensive, then you can take that lens right off the patient's eye and put them back into their old lens or maybe something different that's less expensive. But let the patient experience something new. Um, When it comes to cost, oftentimes we think, oh, a newer lens is going to be more expensive. Well, when you factor in a lot of these really high rebates that we have now, oftentimes it's not more expensive, even if you think it may be on the front end. So our online retailers, they advertise the highest possible amount you could pay for a box of contact lenses or the lowest possible amount. And obviously the answer is the lowest possible amount. So what we also do is we've got an Excel document that goes over how much that contact lens is going to be after insurance, if applicable, and after rebate. Um, but going back to your question, we are always trying to get our patients into some lens that is better in some way, shape, or form. And we want to have some scientific data and some anecdotal data um, of our patients that we're fitting in this lens to support that claim that we're making to our patient. We're trying to fit in that lens.
0: You mentioned three things there. I'm jotting down notes that I, I really um, resonate with. One, you said that it's if if a patient is not mentioning any problems, Dig a little deeper. and I, I found that to be very much the case when I practiced. A lot of times, if I would ask somebody, "Are you having any problems?" they would gravitate toward no. And then further on into the exam, they would start telling you about all the problems that that you're having. I later later came to realize, and I, I read some of this through uh, some research, that patients a lot of times hesitate to tell you everything for a variety of reasons. One is they think the doctor's too busy sometimes. Two, they think the problem's not big enough. So like you said, they they might, might normalize it. But for us to be effective, we really need to get all those problems on the table. I actually changed around that approach. I stopped somewhere along the way asking people, are you having any problems? And what I would do is just in the beginning, say, tell me about any problems you're having. That would actually force the patient to pause and have to think about any problems they were having and put anything on the table. Then we could sort through what's a minor issue. What's what's a major issue? But it allowed us to get the the actual problems out there. Uh, the trial lenses is, is it, it's one of the most obvious ways I think to reduce the the barrier that patients have. A lot of times we fear committing to something out of uncertainty, right? And contact lenses are one area that we can really leverage to reduce that barrier by just giving them a chance to to try them. Don't take my word for it. You don't have to take my word for it that they'll be clearer, they'll be more comfortable. Let's just go get you a trial set. And then you mentioned the rebates as well, which really just, if not eliminate it, it significantly mitigates the price objection. Go ahead.
1: Um, So a couple of things uh, to back up a little bit. I love what you were saying about, tell me about any problems you're having with contact lenses. That lets the patient know it's okay to have problems. I like to say, is there anything about your contact lenses that you would change? Is there something you'd change? Oh, yeah, they're blurry at the end of the day. I wish they weren't blurry at the end of the day. Well, we can fix that, even though you said you had no problems uh, whatsoever with the contact lenses. That's number one. Number two, Steve, do you have a backup camera on your car? Yes. Well, did you have a car before that at some point in time that didn't have a backup camera?
0: The backup camera is fairly new.
1: The backup camera is fairly new. So when you didn't have a backup camera, did you write the automotive industry when you were, say, in high school, asking for a backup camera or complaining about not having a backup camera?
0: I had a lot of complaints years ago. That was not one of them.
1: That was not one of them. So the same thing. We don't know what we don't know. Patients don't know that contact lenses can be comfortable throughout the day or clear throughout the day or healthier. Um, So we don't know what we don't know. We didn't write Apple and ask for an iPad, Steve Jobs showed us the iPad and now we all have one and I couldn't live without my iPad. I couldn't live without my backup camera. So we don't know what we don't know. Most of us experienced uh, a backup camera, you know, driving in a friend's car, and they had a backup camera, riding in a friend's car, or they rented a car, and oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing in the world, we can't live without it. So experiencing something new is what we want our patients to experience at our practice. We want our patients coming in year after year asking, hey, what's the latest, the greatest? We know you always have those new contact lenses. What you got for me this year? And it's kind of funny, sometimes I'll fit them with a lens that just came out, the next year they say, hey, what you got for me? I don't have anything this year. There's nothing newer than what you're in right now. And uh, when you cultivate a practice like that you really earn your contact lens evaluation and in my opinion the patient's not going to go online for that contact lens evaluation next year. How many times can you fit a patient in the same contact lens over and over and over again before they're going to go online for that prescription? Something new that I've seen recently is patients asking me has my glasses prescription changed and not purchasing a contact lens evaluation what is that patient doing? They're saying, well, if my glasses prescription hasn't changed, then my contact lens prescription hasn't changed. And now I can skirt that contact lens evaluation. So we're noticing that a little bit more. And we're asking patients, well, why are you asking us this question? Let me show you a newer lens. I know you historically were in contact lenses. Why did you drop out? Well, I haven't dropped out. I've got a lot at home. Well, let me show you something new. There is going to be a contact lens evaluation if we show you something new, but we got some newer stuff for you. So that's how we handle those type of situations uh, that have come about recently.
0: Scott, what are the top objections you do here? If we just go down that road a little bit further, because I think that in naturally in any scenario where we're, any business, healthcare or otherwise, where you part of your uh, business, your revenues are built on the sale of products or services, you're going to have to deal with some objections, whether that's objection based on whether it's logical, whether it's an emotional objection, whether it's based on price, uh, whether it's based on on fear or uncertainty to be able to deal with the people who say, um, I'm just not ready to do this right now. I'm not ready to commit. What What are the top objections you hear? Is, is it price or there's other things regarding switching somebody in contacts? And, and how do you deal with those objections? So I think it
1: depends on who you ask. So if you ask doctors, doctors are going to always say price. Oh, my patients don't want to pay that premium price. Well, why are you making the decision for that patient? And this actually reminds me, I had a friend. I knew he wasn't making much money at the time. He was just getting out of school. And I didn't fit him in daily disposables. And he came back and he was having problems uh, with his monthly lens towards the end of the month. And he said, why didn't you fit me with dailies to begin with? Um, So that's where I kind of learned my lesson to not pick and choose for my patients what they can afford or what they can't afford. But I do think the elephant in the room, especially with high end daily disposable contact lenses is price. With that being said, Some of our older sci sci-high daily disposables are still very, very expensive. So there are newer ones on the market that can be very, very affordable. There's other daily disposables out there that can be less expensive than a two-week or a monthly lens. So I think you could take price off the table um, depending on what daily disposable you fit. For doctors as well, I think there's a lot of complaints about chair time. Well, if I change a patient into this lens or that lens, it's going to take me a little bit more chair time if they go back. And I would say, yes, it will. But remember, how many patients' lives are you improving by fitting them in something new? Also, you're always going to remember those patients that took a little bit more chair time where you had to switch them back to the other lens. I can think of a couple of families I can never switch to a different lens. But remember statistics. If you're successful 90%, 95% of the time with a particular lens, um, you're benefiting a lot of folks. So look at the numbers overall. Uh, another complaint Uh, or hurdle that I get from doctors is the fact that, oh, if I switch them to a new lens, maybe that patient is not going to buy today because they're going to want to test out that lens a little bit and then give us a call back to buy. And I would say there's a legitimate concern there. If a patient goes home with a blister pack of contact lenses, 70% of the time, they're not going to buy from your practice statistically what's our solution to that? Number one, be really flexible or as flexible as you possibly can with your contact lens return policy. 1-800-CONTACT-LENSES is very, very flexible, unfortunately. So that's your competition, you have to be aware of that. Our policy is we'll give you a credit for anything in our office if you have to exchange those contact lenses as long as they're not damaged, not expired, not open, not marked. Um, and we'll take those contact lenses back. I think you need to be flexible with that to capture the sale day of. Hey, you know what, patient, I know you're going to love these. You can go ahead and order these contact lenses right now. Here are some samples. If for whatever reason, we need to exchange those out, no problem. We'll get you the right contact lenses if necessary, if we have to tweak it back to the other prescription or something like that. Notice I said in-store credit. We're not issuing that money back onto a credit card or back to the patient in cash.
0: There was something you said earlier that I, I think would carry a lot of weight as well in terms of, you mentioned 80% of your patients are in, did you say daily disposable? Yes, okay. sir. So I I recently became familiar with this thing called the Edelman Trust Barometer. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's this global survey not. they do. So it's this global survey they do to try to, um, one of the things that they, they, survey is where do we place the highest level of trust in the sources of that places that we get information from and one of the things that's one of the things they they survey and what they found was we place the highest level of trust it it's not in necessarily in the experts or the gurus certainly not the companies or businesses we place the highest level of trust in people just like us so it's why we're so drawn to things like online reviews and and things like that because we trust sources that come from other people or individuals just like us. So I've always thought a good way to deal with a if we just circle back to the price objection is one to just acknowledge that you I, I understand. I mean there's, so there's research showing if you try to change the person's mind initially they're they're just going to dig their heels in on their objection. So I think the that's a it's going to back backfire backfire effect time yes because it's emotional right and and there you've got to bring that that emotional side down so one of the best ways based on research to deal with an objection almost any objection is to initially it what i call a softening statement is just you're not necessarily agreeing with them i'm not going to agree with the person that it's too expensive because i don't think my prices are too expensive i think they're appro- appropriately priced but yet i'm going to just going to say look i completely understand this is definitely not our our um not our cheapest option but to work in what other people are doing can make a really strong case for change. So if you were to say something like this and say, oh, yeah, I completely understand, this is definitely not our cheapest option. In fact, what you're wearing now was the gold standard for years. They're the same contacts I used to wear, but what we started finding was that a lot of our patients who wore those lenses started developing a lot of problems in their eyes. And that's why so many of our patients have gone to daily disposables. In fact, about 80% of our patients right now are wearing daily disposables. That tells me as a patient, there's a lot of social proof there. If 80% of your patients are wearing daily disposables, then I'm not, I want to be part of that group because now I'm going to feel that social norm there that uh, to go against that would be Um, counterproductive to my eyes. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. And uh, I say something similar. The whole market is moving towards daily disposables, which it is. I think we jumped in the last few years from 20 to 30% daily statistically out there. You probably know the numbers better than I do at this point in time. So the whole market's moving towards daily disposables. A majority of the new technology is going into daily disposables. This is why I'm fitting you with this lens here today.
0: So let's close out with this. And some of this might be uh, repeating some things you've said, but just in general, what mistakes are ODs making? I mean, you've obviously been successful at moving a lot of people into daily disposables, handling the objections, not doing it in a way that's upsetting patients. But as you look at what other doctors are doing, what would you say in terms of what mistakes are ODs making regarding this issue?
1: So first, got to dig in deeper. You got to take every single time that patient has a little tiniest complaint about their contact lenses. Yeah, they're drying out on the computer, but no big deal. Take that complaint seriously. Or, hey, at the end of the day, it kind of feels like sand is in my eyes. Use the patient's words. You know, do you want a lens that's not going to feel like sand in your eye at the end of the day? I like to ask uh, questions like, I'm an attorney. How does an attorney ask questions? They already know the answer to it. Who's going to say no to that? So dig a little bit deeper. Don't ignore any complaint whatsoever. Even the smallest possible complaint, do not ignore that. Also, you can't successfully fit contact lenses without treating dry eye. So look a little bit harder for dry eyes so you can make sure these patients don't have contact lens-related dryness. And I define education as telling a patient something before they complain. An excuse is telling them the same thing after they complain. So don't miss dry eye, start them on that dry eye treatment along with prescribing contact lenses. And then if they come back complaining about intermittent blur or something like that, that you know is associated with contact lens related dryness, hit back on what you've already addressed is, hey, we need to keep doing our dry eye treatments. Maybe we need to do some sort of a dry eye procedure don't just start switching contact lenses. I see lots of doctors out there. There's an underlying dry eye problem here, but they're jumping from brand new daily disposable to brand new daily disposable. Nothing is fixing the patient's problem. That patient's getting constantly frustrated with you. You're frustrated with the patient because they keep coming back. And finally, they go to a doctor that says, you're not gonna be able to wear contact lenses successfully until you fix your underlying dry eye problem. And that doctor can build medical insurance for it. And it can be very, very profitable. And it's going to lead to much better patient satisfaction results there. My final uh, tip to doctors is strive for perfection. Are your eyes perfect in contact lenses? Do they feel perfect? Are you seeing perfect? Are we going to get perfect vision and multifocals? No, but strive for that. Try to find something that we can improve and try to address it. Earn your contact lens eval. Stop looking at it as, oh, patient's got no problems. I'm good. I get to go to lunch early. No, because you're going to eventually lose that patient, in my opinion.
0: I'm glad you mentioned dry eye because that I actually just jotted that down before you even brought it up because those go hand in hand. And a lot of times the. The complaint about contacts won't necessarily be the contact lens itself, it, it'll be my eyes feel dry. And like you said, it, I was always amazed at how many patients when I was practicing came to see me and said they quit wearing contacts because of because the contact lenses were irritated or they couldn't find a contact lens that worked well. And all the last doctor did was hand them a bunch of re drops. And I would say, well, would you like to be able to wear contacts again? And it was a resounding yes. And it allowed us to deal with one, the dry eye, but also they were much more open. to They wanted to wear contacts. And I don't know if there was this apprehension before to switch. Uh, but again, I think that's where sometimes we run into the problem of making the decision for the patient, thinking, well, they're not gonna wanna spend additional money, Patient has a right to say no, but I don't think it's it's right or even ethical to make that decision for them.
1: So any patient that comes in, I say, you know, you're an excellent candidate for contact lenses if they are a reasonable candidate for contact lenses. And oftentimes they say, well, yeah, you know, I used to wear them. And then that opens up the conversation. Well, why did you stop? And that's a really good conversation to dig a little bit deeper on dry eye to then show them, hey, you know, contact lenses have really changed. I know you stopped wearing them 15 years ago. Um, They've really changed since then. Oh, you got astigmatism. That's why, because the last doctor said contact lenses don't correct astigmatism. Well, we got some ones that correct astigmatism now that are really working well. So we find that a lot as well. So uh, always digging a little bit deeper. I find um, that a lot of doctors also will categorize someone as a glasses patient Glasses only patient because they're scheduled for a comprehensive exam without a contact lens evaluation. Ask about contact lenses. People don't know what they don't know. They may think they're not a candidate for contact lenses and say, you know, you'd be a candidate for contact lenses. Would you like to be fit with contact lenses? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I had no idea, or the last doctor told me I wasn't a candidate. Going back to our backup camera, the iPad, patients don't know what they don't know and they may just assume that because they need a little bit of help up close presbyopia that they're not a candidate for contact lenses.
0: Great stuff, Scott. Thanks so much. Um a lot of great pearls here both from a clinical management standpoint but a practice management standpoint as well. It's a big part of the uh uh certainly patient treatment but also running a, a successful business as well and being able to Make that conversion. I, I think that's what I I was interested in having this discussion after we talked. Is a lot of doctors struggle. I think through the it's a, it's a communication issue. It's it's a communication issue and being able to have that conversation with the patient and get them to understand the value of switching over, so it doesn't feel. And this is where I think holds a lot of doctors back is they feel like they're pushing things on the patient, but rather getting the patient to understand the value in it. And then the patient embraces it. it makes it a lot easier for both sides. And nobody walks away feeling that, like they were, quote unquote, upsold. Right. So a lot of great stuff here. Really appreciate having you uh, having you share with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you would like more information about IDOC and how we work with ODs to help them grow their practice, you can find out more at IDOC.net. So thanks again, Scott, and thanks everyone for listening.